Hello, 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 and welcome to another fantastic episode of Anarchy Among Friends Roundtable Discussion. Before we get started, let me first remind you that we are covered by the BIPCOT No Government License, which allows for the reuse and distribution of this podcast by anyone and everyone except for governments and the bludgies thereof. You can learn more about that at BIPCOT.org. That is B-I-P-C-O-T dot O-R-G. We're also protected by Brandenburg v. Ohio, 1969 which ruled that the government cannot punish inflammatory speech unless that speech is, quote, directed to inciting or producing imminent lawless action and is likely to incite or produce such action. Therefore, like 99% of the stuff we say here on Anarchy Monk Friends Roundtable Discussion is entirely hypothetical. Yes. Yes. This is episode 110, which baffles wow. my mind that we're still on the air. Wow. <laughs> YouTube hasn't pulled us down yet, damn it. <laughs> Not YouTube, like people are still listening. Like we like the last YouTube, episode. like I had I had a um YouTube channel, a Derek of the America YouTube channel for a little while. And like by my third fucking video, YouTube had demonetized <laughs> me. <laughs> no, like like the, the numbers on the uh on the listens are going up. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's only it's only it's only a little bit each time, but they're still going up, which means more people are listening to us, which nice. I don't know if that's good or bad. There he is. Welcome hey, to the world. I'm here. Finally, the Skynet is out of my way. And... <laughs> Dude, those were creepy ass messages you were getting on your screen. <laughs> Oh my God! <laughs> Relax. Everything's going to be all right. Trust us. We'll take care of it. Here. What? <laughs> That's when you Here, like close have... the laptop screen and toss it out the window. It's <laughs> just gone. Here, have you a happy injection. Son of a bitch. And it just fucking it just like shoots you full of fucking Novocaine in your neck and puts on <laughs> elevator music. I was I was starting to like look for like arms coming from behind my chair to like put me in a straitjacket or something. It was that was starting to get a little weird, man. US, USP cable doing the little cobra dance. Yeah, <laughs> coming at you. It's kind of backing away from it. Like, okay, no, it's okay. No, I trust you, buddy. I trust you. Good laptop. What what did it say? What was the one? The one said, "Leave everything to us." And the other yeah. one says, it's taken a bit longer than expected, but we'll get you there as fast as we can. <laughs> I'm just like, uh... <laughs> it's okay, we're just installing government-sponsored <laughs> malware on your computer. Yeah. Right. You know, and the best part is it's like blue and like glows. Like it gets brighter mm -hmm. and then gets darker and gets brighter and darker. And then the very <laughs> last screen, it goes to black and says, almost there, all nice and ominously. And then that just fades out. <laughs> Just wait for, it, wait for it to go static and for a girl to crawl out. It's like, yeah. it's, it's like the fucking, it's like the programmers are deliberately making shit more dystopian, like on purpose, because all these little like, you know, um, user interface things like messages that your system gives you are starting to get creepier and creepier <laughs> and creepier. Mm -hmm. Do and, not adjust your television. We yeah, control yeah. the horizontal and the yeah. vertical. <laughs> yeah. Well, you remember a little while ago for the um, promotion. Only old people get that joke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the uh, well, and fans of great cinema. Uh, yes. 
but the uh, a few years ago for the promotion for um, the new Terminator movie, they had that thing where like randomly your your Alexa would like cackle, like in like a little child's voice, it would like distort as it was laughing. And if you were like Alexa, what was that? You had to do it three times because the first two she'd be like nothing. I don't know what you mean. And like that would be a response, and then the third time it would like do a promotion for the Terminator movie. Oh my god! And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, that's I'm sorry, creepy. but Alexa, yeah, order me a baseball bat. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, but yeah, if my Alexa cackles at me like that, and it's like I don't know what you're talking about. I'm smashing it with a hammer immediately. <laughs> yeah, no, Jason, you got it wrong. It's not a baseball bat. You got. Alexa, order me a two forty Bravo. <laughs> That's the world. In my I'm house, in. in my house, it'd be like Alexa, find me the number for the closest child therapist. That shit would fucking <laughs> traumatize Declan. <laughs> <laughs> the worst Alexa, one. Order, order me a child therapist. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> nope. I'm done. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> okay, so. Story time. Story time. I have I, you, got, you guys know I have twins, right? I have a boy okay. and a girl. Uh, I had them when I was twenty. My brothers were my brothers were all younger than me. My brothers are all assholes too. So like it's like no. my kids it's like my kid's fifth birthday. My little brother Jesse goes to the local KB Toys, finds a cute little little girl that's working there. Oh, I've heard and, this story. And he, and he asked her for the loudest, most annoying toy that they have. <laughs> right, and it's this SpongeBob with this little uh, megaphone, and when you put the megaphone to SpongeBob's lips, he would he would do a saying. Annoying as can be, right? So he gives it to my kids. My kids love it, so I can't take it away. I can't hide it. Nothing like that, right? I'm just waiting for the batteries to die. Right. The batteries never fucking die. <laughs> right. Like it, it took it took like 18 months for the batteries to die. <laughs> That damn flux capacitor, boy! I tell you. This is a year. This is a year and a half of me dealing with this fucking toy, right? <laughs> oh, the battery's died. I guess it's broken, right? Just throw it in the bottom of the toy box and let it die and dead till they forget about it, right? Yeah. There's always a little juice left. There's always a little juice left, and like a month later, at like three o'clock in the morning, you just hear the SpongeBob <laughs> laugh. <laughs> like, like, what the fuck was that? Come out of a dead sleep to this toy, and you go digging in the bottom of the box, and it's laying there in the bottom of the box, and his big ass eyes are staring at and just does nothing, and you walk away, and it would do the laugh. It's like, oh, no. <laughs> I ended up, I ended up taking the batteries out of it. The batteries were had like rust and shit on it. But it still had the juice to do that damn laugh at three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Nobody touched it. Hasbro Toys, now powered by Satan. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. I got him back. Oh. That's he has, from Hellbro he has, Toys. <laughs> he has twins also. He has twin boys. Oh, and no. when they turned five, I gave them that SpongeBob with nice. fresh batteries in it. Fresh new batteries. <laughs> <laughs> That's when you go get like the E squareds, the ones that last yeah. for fucking ever. Right. Three years later, he's he's there all laying in bed. And, ah, shit. Ah. <laughs> <Hey>, we're moving. <laughs> Take that thing and hide it in his wall. 
so bad. It was so bad. I hated that thing. But oh. that was that was scary. No, it's better if you put it in one of like the AC vents, and then the sound travels all <laughs> oh, through the house, through all the vents. <laughs> so he's in the basement and just hears. Yeah, through, coming up through all the gone, vents in your house. Poof, gone up the stairs. Yeah. <laughs> Do not. <laughs> nope, nope, underneath, nope. underneath the back seat of his car. Yeah. <laughs> well, have you seen that that Geico commercial with the guy walking upstairs to his to his attic, where it's got the the gecko <laughs> telling talking about it, and the guy turns on the it's light, and there's the like man- all these the like mannequins. Yeah. yeah, mannequins like having this like fancy dress tea party, but they're all mostly naked and stuff, and they have like real lipstick on and things, and, and <laughs> the gecko just goes, "Well, enjoy your house." <laughs> goes, nope. 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 <laughs> I am burning my house down. <laughs> yeah. That's funny because one of our mutual friends, Jenna, she shared a, shared a, a video with me earlier. This guy in like Decatur, Illinois, is like famous for doing Michael Myers every single year. Like I guess he was in the military, he missed a lot of holidays, and every year, every year, like the entire month of October, he dresses up as Michael Myers and walks around the town. Oh, God. It's, like, it's like a tourist thing now. Oh, he, I love the video if, that if, that's two ply. That's two ply. What do you do when he's giving away the? If I'm driving through <laughs> Illinois and I see Michael Myers, I'm hitting him with a car. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, in Illinois, I can understand why he would be, feel safe doing that in Illinois, just because there are so few people that actually carry loaded guns in that state. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> as long as you're not. Because I guarantee you. If I remember right, that's part of the Quad Cities right there yeah, on the border of Iowa. So if he went across the river, yeah. he's much more likely to get shot. Yeah, the video I saw today people was, don't uh, do that kind of shit or that clown thing. Remember the people dressing up oh. like clowns? They don't do that in Virginia. Clowns, <laughs> <laughs> unless they're, unless they're politicians. Uh, yeah, yeah they're they are clowns. So. Yeah, they don't dress up. But the, the video I saw today was him dressed up as Michael Myers and his buddy dressed up as Jason. And they were riding around on a tandem bike and it was uh, the best of friends <laughs> playing over. They're like playing. They went to Starbucks and then they were like playing basketball. and <laughs> <laughs> It was weird. Right. Oh, that's great. Well, let's uh, let's get dystopian with it, I guess. Since yeah. we're say, we it's really October, don't have a segue it's the time for, for creepy shit. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um. Well, creepy-ish. I was thinking more dystopian, but yeah. Uh, police killings more likely in agencies that get military gear. You don't fucking no. say. <laughs> you even think when everything looks like a nail, you and you're a hammer. That that that's what you do. Yeah. It's almost it's, like if you make military washouts feel like soldiers, they start acting like the shit they see in war movies. Gosh, might it, might it be? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like what, what, are, what do they call it? The the warrior cop? The the I feel what's like the, I might yeah. have read a book about something like that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Um, this is from the Atlantic Journal Constitution. It's uh, Americans have seen it time and again in recent months on the nightly news. 
Protesters in the street confronted by local police officers carrying assault weapons, some atop armored vehicles, looking more like soldiers than public servants. Much of the equipment has trickled down to police departments from a controversial Defense Department initiative known as the 1033 program, a 30-year-old federal initiative that provides a way for the military to dispose of surplus equipment by sending it to local police. I'd like to see, in the same time frame this program has been going on, I'd like to see the fucking graph on police violence. It probably yeah. looks an awful lot like the graph of healthcare expenses. I'm sure. Or, or inflation uh, or the or cost inflation. of college. Yeah. All up. Okay. Uh, the impact of policing has been huge. Uh, in Georgia alone, police departments and sheriff's offices have received more than 2,700 military rifles, night vision goggles, and laser gun sights, and literally hundreds of armored vehicles, including more than two dozen mine-resistant vehicles built to fight the war on terror abroad. Didn't we talk about this like a, a year ago, year and yeah. a half ago, about yeah. how we, we really needed to just like found a town and start a police department just so we could take advantage of this and just get there was a town that was already kind of doing it and we were going to move there and yeah, and just be like, yeah. okay, and we'll take a couple of these MRAPs and maybe a half dozen <laughs> yeah. of these M240s. And, you know, uh, do you have any like uh, M68s? Maybe that's like a, yeah. just a box or two. Yeah. All right. <laughs> um, a new AGC analysis of a decade of records across 651 Georgia police departments and sheriff's offices found departments that took more than $1,000 in 1033 money on average fatally shot about four times as many people as those that didn't. Jesus. That's a huge fucking difference. Four yeah. times. Four, four times. Four times. Four times. And if you understand anything about psychology, or even if you're just a, a, like a student of human nature, mm -hmm. you should have known this would fucking happen. You dress men up like mm -hmm. soldiers. They start acting like Even they're in fucking war. You know, yep. there was there was a, a psychological study done you know, five years ago now, something like that, where they found that simply by dressing random participants off the street in like lab coats and things, like just dressing them like scientists, that they inherently actually scored higher on IQ tests. Jesus. So just having the clothes for the role makes you behave and think mm -hmm. like that role. So that's, that's why they the say case. dress for the job you want. Right. Yeah. So if that's the case, then clearly dressing a bunch of people who know they can murder with impunity up like soldiers and handing them equipment is maybe not the recipe for peace. I, yeah. I tried that once. I did not get the role of Batman. <laughs> uh, <laughs> everyone everyone in Costco just looked at me weird. The results painted. Well, you guys have seen how I dress up, and I think I did pretty good in that role. I'd hire you. <laughs> he right. beat me yeah. to it. <laughs> You're hired. That's what she said. All right. Uh, One the of more these days we're going to have to show our listeners that picture. <laughs> It'll be our final episode. We'll break. I it bet down. you Andrew could pull it up on his phone right now. Yeah. I uh, uh, I actually don't have it saved. Lindsay could pull it up on her phone right yeah. now. Uh, <laughs> <Christopher>. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. All right. Uh, the results paint a troubling picture. The more equipment a department receives, the more people are shot and killed, even after accounting for violent crime, race, income, drug use, and the population. Jesus Christ. Yeah. 
Only 7% of Georgia's law enforcement agencies receive surplus military gear at any time over the past 10 years, but those agencies accounted for 17% of the 261 people shot and killed by police. Oh my... 7%? Account for 17, yeah. Good God. They're accounting for more than double their, like, average allotment. You want to talk disproportionate. Yeah. And then and then this is this is where the the AJC get or the AJC gets um shows their status roots and says a uh, uh, statistical correlation doesn't prove that 1033 gear in a police department causes more fatal police shootings or that those shootings were unjustified only that there is a strong relationship between the two. Duh, that's the point of statistics. They can't <laughs> fucking prove anything. The analysis also doesn't suggest that every department of the 1033 program displays a strong relationship between the number of people killed and the amount of 1033 funding received. So it looks like a duck and it walks like a duck and it quacks like a duck, but But it's a swan. We can't jump to conclusions. There's no way to know that it's a duck. Guys, it might, in fact, not be a duck. It it might meow. It might meow. It could be a Canada goose. Yeah. yeah. It, I, um, it just, I, you know, and the thing is, the statistics, like, are, I'll give you the statistics. I'll, don't I'll, anything. One, one, I'm, let me, so. Mark Twain said there's three kinds of lies lies, damn lies, and statistics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He also, said, he also said that a man that carries a cat by its tail learns a lesson he can learn no other way. <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, this is how we learn. Let it happen. <laughs> Hashtag Darwin. Um, Wayne McElrath, senior investigative advisor for the Washington-based Project on Government Oversight, said more violent confrontations with police track with a change in how police departments view their role. Quote, the cost that, the cost that we are dealing with now is highly militarized police. Or, uh, sorry, quote, the cost we are dealing with now is a highly militarized police force that is no longer looking like police, but is looking like they are patrolling a hostile foreign nation. So literally what you fucking did is what you're dealing with. I mean, you fucking did that. Mm -hmm. It's not a side effect of what you did. It is exactly what you fucking did. (laughs) And it it boggles my mind how people don't understand that this is where they get their us versus them mentality. Uh It's they literally call it a war on police. Right. Oh, I can remember, you know, when when I helped out with training SWAT teams, I, I can remember sitting in on, you know, because I didn't train them on, like, a lot of their general stuff. It was, like, and building entries and actually, you know, like, shooting and things like that and clearing rooms. But I can remember sitting in on the training before I took over and them talking about, you know, well, make sure that you never let anyone within six feet of you because they're just too close, and if they get any closer than that, you should be pointing a weapon at them and making them back off immediately. Like, these people are potentially dealing with hostage situations where a hostage is going to run at them and go, help me, help me, all these other... And just, oh, no, just point a gun at them. Like, what? (laughs) You're you're just... And you you hear that again and again in in, uh, security training circles and police training circles and all this other stuff that I used to run in. Like, you'd hear all this where they talk about viewing everyone as a potential threat threat at all times in all situations. Right. It just blows my mind. Jason says his computer froze. Oh, okay. Yeah, I have have a friend that went to Flutzy 
the um, Federal Law Officer Training Center down in Georgia. And she was telling me about the training there and the thing she kept emphasizing over and over is that they're being trained for extreme violence. She like had instructors yelling at her to get more violent the whole time, you know, oh, yeah. when they were doing their hand to hand training and all that shit. Well, and that's the and thing. I mean, like crowd he, control or whatever. And it's, and you know, like SWAT teams are a slightly different animal. Like they're. So, all right. Uh, we're back up. We're recording again. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we had a little so. interruption. <laughs> little, a little interruption there. Not sure. Exactly Technical what... difficulties from the most professional podcast on the web. <laughs> I will totally, I will totally put a little one of those little bee, the the please bear with us <laughs> for a second. <laughs> I got I got skynetted. That's what it was. You should just That's put like. Make up like an NSA fucking subliminal message <laughs> and stick it in the middle. <laughs> we'll take yeah. care of everything. I'll just throw oh, that. Yeah. <laughs> right. Just go back to sleeping. <laughs> uh, like counting bodies like sheep in the background. And... <laughs> uh, let's see. I think I, I we just I just read that quote. Yeah, it was the cost of that we are dealing with now is highly militarized police force that is no longer looking like police, but is looking like they are patrolling a hostile foreign nation. That's where we left off. Yes, yes. Um, Makes me think. No, go ahead. No, it's fine. I was just gonna say we were talking about like the training that yes police have been receiving. Um, We know that. Yeah, Andrew mentioned helping train right mm-hmm. SWAT teams yeah and I had that friend that went to Fletzy mm-hmm. in Georgia and they were trained she was telling me about it they, they trained them to, for escalating violence um, mm-hmm. for like you know riot control and shit like that they're they well, yeah. Them- yeah that's that is that's uh, the actually the, the next couple of quotes it's uh uh mcgillrath who has been both law enforcement and military experience has been critical of the 1033 program going back to his days directly directing investigations for the government accountability office an independent congressional watchdog agency he said government initiatives like the 1033 program have encouraged police departments and the public to think uh, of police as fighting a war rather than traditional role of ensuring public safety quote they are changing the culture but we are but we are beginning to accept that as the norm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, I mean, and, you know, and what, obviously SWAT teams are a little bit different because in an ideal world, anyway, in a perfect world, they're, they're only dealing with really high-risk situations. You have hostage situations. You have, you know, violent individuals barricaded inside homes, things like that. So one of the things that is always stressed in their training is violence of action. That the idea is that you are so violent so quickly out of absolutely nowhere. It goes from calm to utter violence that the enemy cannot help but break under that. Be intimidated. Yeah, yeah, they're psychologically unprepared for that extreme level of violence of action. Something that we got trained in the military for that's shocking. It's over. Yeah. And the problem is that in a SWAT team situation, that makes sense. Yes. You need to go in and do your thing immediately right now. Fine. If you're rescuing hostages, that makes perfect sense. But if your job is to write traffic tickets 
This is not a fucking acceptable way to look at things. Yeah, or to respond to domestic disturbance calls. Because those are the ones where people keep getting fucking shot. Their dogs keep getting fucking Mm -hmm. shot. Well, and even if it's, you know, with domestic violence calls, you know, having, you know, being a victim of domestic violence, like a lot of times if a cop gets called for it, it isn't even necessary. Like, you don't need to be violent when you show up. You just need to listen to people. Because emotions and everything else and maybe it wasn't even necessarily violent maybe it was just a really loud argument right like with the the situation in texas that we talked about uh two or three episodes ago um the cops showed up and and the girl's like hey i don't want anything to do with it It, it's it's fine he's gone and then the cops like no we're coming in the house and then they ended up slamming her and and cuffing her and then searching the house like the, the cops said like you have no right to not not let us in and that's 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 the the attitude. The attitude mm-hmm. is that he was right and she was wrong, and he was going to do it whether she wanted him or to or not. Yeah. He gets to do whatever he wants. And this, you know, and then you take these people who already, when all they're armed with is a pistol, mm-hmm. and level what level two, level three. It's not even level three. I think it's only like level two body armor that they mm-hmm. that most cops normally wear. And you're you take them from that. And you throw like level four ceramics on them and hand them an automatic rifle yep. and black them out, you know? Yeah. And, you know, put, put gas masks on them and things, give them riot shields and have them walk marching together shoulder to shoulder in front of a tank. What a surprise that those people would suddenly turn into complete psychopaths. Yep. That they would become the standing army that our fucking founders warned us about. Exactly uh, what they yeah. warned us about. Uh, <laughs> the AJC analysis is patterned after several large-scale statistical studies tracing military surplus equipment and fatal police shootings. One of, those, one of the most well-known was done in 2018 by Edward Lawson, political science lecturer at the University of South Carolina. Lawson's research, published in the academic journal uh, Political Research Quarterly, looked at two years of data across the entire nation. Like the AJC study, Lawson found higher incidences of police killing in departments that receive 1033 equipment than it does in those that do not. In an interview with the AGC, Lawson said the relationship between the department departments that take 1033 equipment and violence is subtle, uh, reflecting an outlook by police department leadership that trickles down to the officers. Quote, you're not just police officers, you're soldiers, and you're fighting this war on drugs, war on crime, and eventually the war on terror. If all your leaders are telling you that you're fighting this war and you're on the front line of it, that has to have a psychological effect. Yeah. No. Yeah, especially if you're used to viewing victimless actions as crimes, mm-hmm. a war on crime. Well, not, not only that, but it it has a it has a tremendous um, dehumanizing effect. Right. right. When when you when you stop seeing the people as humans and you start seeing them as drug threats, dealers or, targets, or threats, targets, mm, you know, criminals, stuff. Mm-hmm. enemies. Yeah. 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 You view them perpetually as the enemy, always the enemy, the threat, the thing that you are fighting against, no matter what. And then you're pumped up by the thin blue line rhetoric. They just want to go home to their families at night. They're out here keeping you safe on the streets, blah, 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 blah. I mean, it makes them feel vulnerable. 
which is <laughs> not a good thing because then they they soak up mm. the power that this gear gives them and like it it just gets amplified yeah I, that's yeah. <laughs> you guys well, like you, you guys are saying things and then like the next couple of paragraphs say that well, that's because we're <laughs> smart hey yeah, and uh, hey, I, don't stuff. Even, I don't even read these articles no. beforehand <laughs> just so everybody knows because no. i don't do my I, fucking homework i just follow I, along when he's reading them it's like oh, okay here we go I, yeah you're the I, only I, one I barely, right I barely, I barely read them before i pick yeah. them. <laughs> <laughs> the most professional podcast <laughs> on the internet yeah. Uh, quote, but you know draw- you're getting genuine off-the-cuff shit from us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, quote, drawing a direct connection from equipment to killings doesn't make sense, in part because most officers never get to use any of this stuff anyway. But if the agency as a whole is more psychologically militarized, that agency will pursue more military equipment and will also kill more civilians. Yeah, it's about culture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. The, yeah. How many times? How many of us have seen cops with the warrior ethos like on their freaking Facebook pages? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or the, the the Punisher skulls or the oh uh... that fucking infuriates me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, We've been cracks... over this so many times. It infuriates me, but it cracks me up at the same time because yeah. like yeah. you have no fucking clue what that actually stands for, you idiot. Well, yeah. you see, you see a lot of these cops like with the the sheepdog thing, where they'll post the, you know, the the sheep don't like the sheepdog because he looks an awful lot like the wolf. And my response is, you know, from my experience, is yeah, because he's only one step away from becoming the wolf. Yeah, yeah. That's why oh. the sheep don't like the sheepdog. Yeah. So all right, a couple. I'll get to a couple numbers for you. That'll kind of make you angry. Uh, the program grew out of America's long wars in Afghanistan and Iraq, which created a massive surplus and used military equipment. The Defense Department found a ready customer in local police whose budgets would otherwise put items like armored vehicles out of reach. As of this summer, about 8,200 local and state agencies in 49 states were actively enrolled in the program. Hey, there's there's another fucking angle to this, too. A lot of guys who come back from mm-hmm. the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan join these police departments. Mm-hmm. So then you give them back the same gear they had when they were fucking yep. like every civilian was a potential threat over there and they slip right back into that fucking mind frame and that beefs up the same culture we were just talking mm-hmm. about. Yep. Well, yep. I can, you know, and I can say from experience, like you, when you're in that environment, when you're in Iraq, when you're in Afghanistan, when you're in a foreign war where Nobody wants you there, and everybody could potentially, you know, car bomb you, suicide bomb you, shoot you, things like that. You get to this point where you cannot divorce psychologically the idea that, well, they're not my guys from the idea that that makes them the enemy. Like, you can't, it just becomes a thing. Like, if they're not us, then they're against us, plain and Mm -hmm. simple, and that's just part Mm -hmm. of your psychology. Yep. You know, there's the, actually, that that book on killing that's so fantastic, that's one of the points he makes, is he said, you know, combat soldiers largely become racist because it's necessary in modern combat. Like, it's it's not, that doesn't make it, like, morally okay, but modern combat Mm -hmm. isn't morally okay. Right. but racial features racist. are an easy way to fucking recognize who's not part of your safe group. Exactly. Right. So you just you become that way and you think that when these people come back, 
that magically all of that goes away, that they just integrate back into society and, oh, we're going to hand you the same equipment and dress you up the same, but don't worry, you won't go back into that same psychology again. Right. Yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, police departments can't get everything from the military. For instance, for instance, uh, tanks and large crew-operated guns are off-limits, uh, as are actual uniforms and body armor. Other items like assault rifles and night vision gear are considered long-term loans to local agencies, but officially remain federal property. You know, the funny thing is they say uniforms, but that doesn't stop them from... They're everywhere. Surplus markets. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, more more than 7.4 billion and surplus equipment has been distributed since through the program since 1990. From 2009 to 2018, police departments in Georgia received 43.5 million in firearms, vehicles, and other gear from the military, a figure that experts believe is deeply discounted because the material is used. I would just want to point out that where Andrew used to work and where I grew up, it's now a city of right around 10,000 people, give or take. They have in a locked cage in their police department where they I think they have a total police force of about 20, maybe 25. Gwinnett, Gwinnett County Sheriff or, or SWAT vehicle. Yep. <laughs> Looks like the one that got that gets destroyed in uh, Die Hard. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they have a cage with, I kid you not, 30 to 40 M14s in it. For a town of 10,000 people. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. King, King, New Hampshire has a bear cat. Well, talking about those numbers that you're talking about, deeply discounted because they're used, mm-hmm. I can attest to that because while I was in the Navy for a while, I worked in logistics and I did work with the DRMO office, which is stands for the Defense Reutilization and Marketing Office. And that's where we sent all the old equipment that they were going to auction off and get rid of and stuff like that. And they it goes for fucking pennies on the dollar. You know, and whatever happened to the good old days when that shit got surplused out, it went at Sears Robot Catalog, man. Like, <laughs> yeah. where you could just be like, oh, the Army's getting rid of some machine guns. I'm going to go ahead and order 50. Yeah. Well, what, when I was working with DRMO, all we were doing was like electronic equipment, hubs and routers and old CPUs and, you know, shit like that. But, right, yeah, they sell it for almost nothing through DRMO. All right, all right well, here's, here's one for you. Going down in, the, going down in the, the article a little bit, um, Gordon County has tapped the Defense Department for a lot of military gear over the years. Uh, the transfer from federal program includes 10 M16s, 20 M14 rifles, as well as night vision gear and an armored Humvee. Why? Uh, Why do Gordon, police in Gordon, America need a fucking armored Humvee? Gordon County, Georgia has uh, just under 58,000 people. Yeah, that's it's about like Fannin and Union counties, Georgia, which are they're they're like the northern part up by the uh, North Carolina border. And they're they have shit like that, too, for their. Mm-hmm. They're co- like their cops drive around with M14s in like a holster thing, electronic holster thing in the the car. Why? And, and there's like another psychological angle to it too, where the more of this gear you give to cops, the more invulnerable the cops feel. Like it used yeah. to be mm-hmm. cops had to be careful if they didn't want to get hurt. They had to fucking 
you know, go slow and assess the situation and like try to de-escalate. But now they have so much lower chances of being hurt if they're assholes to somebody. And so it just, they have no fear of of that anymore. There used to be, I mean, even like if you look at prohibition, right? Because they, a lot of their justification for this is the war on drugs and all the, you know, all these drug, these drug gangs and things, they all have all this equipment. Even when you could literally walk into an Ace Hardware and, you know, in a hardware hank and stuff and pick up a Colt monitor, which is an mm-hmm. upgraded version of a BAR, or a friggin' Chicago typewriter, right? A Thompson submachine gun. You could just walk into a hardware store and buy those. The cops still weren't getting issued hardcore military equipment. That wasn't a thing that was happening still. They were still carrying revolvers and shotguns, pump-action shotguns primarily. Even then, because the majority of what they ever had to do, they didn't need that crap and they didn't want it. Right. Well, and even now, the majority of the crap that they deal with, they don't need it. No. But Uncle Sam is giving it to them because... So they're going to use it anyways and it pumps them up and makes them feel like big fucking men and they become these bullies and they fucking hurt people. (laughs) Well, and anyone who thinks that you can give somebody all that equipment and they won't want to use it, Chris, when you buy a new gun, what's the very first thing you want to do? <laughs> Go to the range. Go to the yeah. range, right? That's the very first thing I want to do when I get a new a new piece of fiery equipment. I, is yeah. I, I recently purchased we'll a it. gift for a good friend of mine. Where do you think I want to go? I want to shoot it before I give it to him. Yeah. <laughs> you want to go? Yeah, you want to go to the range and you want to go use this stuff. If you buy, if you're a civilian who buys night vision goggles immediately, you're in your backyard with them turned on, wandering around at four in the morning in your underwear with your wife going, what the hell are you doing? I'm because this is America I, and gear is life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're going to start yeah. using that crap. And that's just the average person. You're going to yeah. be like, ooh, neat. Hashtag or if, he, if he, even if you yeah. meet up with a buddy who has slightly different equipment than you do, oh, you guys are swapping and trying oh, yeah. equipment out. Yeah, and you want to know, <laughs> hey, how does this shoot? What is this like? Yeah. It's, if you if you buy yourself, a, if an average person buys themselves a, an actual like plate carrier with plates, they're not going to just like try it on and go, okay, this fits, and then set it in the corner. They will literally sit on their couch drinking a beer wearing it. Why? Because <laughs> it's new equipment and it's cool. Yeah, <laughs> I have never done. That. Yeah, see, I feel it's not like I'm fully attacked. Damn it! <laughs> Doesn't sound familiar at all. I your yeah. your box, your uh, box of briefs not. I know I'm a chick, but, yeah. but yeah, I know I'm a chick. Around. But like mentally, emotionally, I'm more like a dude. We all know that already, so I can relate to this. Yeah, you like want to sit around. Yeah, nothing but your underwear, the vest, like an ops core on, you got your night vision, and you're like you can appear in your living room, but you're like, dude, this is so cool. And don't <laughs> forget, you've got your rifle right next to you, you've got your handgun yeah. on you. Yeah, uh, and you're just like, aside oh, from being fully neat. dressed, you're kidded out. Yeah. <laughs> well, they say, they say train like you fight, so. That's fair. <laughs> it's it's tidy whities in a vest for me. This is how we're going. <laughs> you don't, you haven't upgraded the bulletproof underwear yet, Andrew? No. A, bull, a bulletproof banana hammock. Yeah, that would be, be freaking sweet. If it could be tiger striped and maybe sequin too, that would just, that would be. Yeah. Right there. I would rock the hell out of that. Fur lined on the inside. 
Yeah. Ooh. Picks, ooh. picks are, didn't happen, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> no one wants that. Absolutely. <laughs> worst, <laughs> worst photo album ever. <laughs> here's it from the left. Here's it from the right. And down below. They'll, they'll, put that, they'll put that picture of me in the hooker boots on the front to fucking lure you in. Yeah, and, you open open it, open. and it's fucking Andrew and his sequin banana hammock and his kit. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew's got one foot up on the table. It's winking. I, <laughs> I tell you, ah, one. <laughs> I tell you what. Whoever breaks into my house is never going to be the same. Even if I don't shoot them, they will assuming they survive. Yeah, they're gonna they'll sue you for therapist. <laughs> yeah, they'll be in court. What happened? Brandenburg v. Ohio. <laughs> the most professional podcast. Oh, you Campbell Sioux boys, you think this is going to be like any other raid. Oh, were you insane. I wanted to get, get with Pop the Patches and get a Brandenburg v. Ohio. <laughs> Just a Brandenburg v. Ohio. Alexa, play the sun will come out. Yeah. <laughs> it's just... Yeah, they. Uh, I can only imagine. Just, it was, it was just. I can't you, talk about it. <laughs> just, I'm not ready, out. man. I need well, time. The, I can't talk about it. Here's the burglar calling nine one one. Here's Andrew in the background. Teabag time, bitch. <laughs> yeah, freaking road flare in one hand, silo <laughs> PBR in the other. You hear Andrew <laughs> in the background going, "Tickle fight." <laughs> you want to wrestle? Bet you I can make you squeal like a piggy. <laughs> I just hear her banjo. Got two snorts now. Boy, did this go off the rails like hell. <laughs> it's, it's even worse because our next article is about prison. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you pick that up for me, boy? Have you seen the movie Let's Go to Prison? Yes. No. Oh, God. The, I don't mean Dax to sound Shepherd. Like, yeah, yeah, Dax Shepard. And I can't remember the other guy's name. I can never remember the other guy's name. Dax um, Shepard fucking hilarious. Oh, he's so funny. But the, I, I don't mean to sound ungrateful, but did you have to stick your finger in my ass? Probably not. But it <laughs> happened. <laughs> he just walked away. Oh, all right. Uh, was, that a, was that another snort? Was that, was that like a no. 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 Uh, no. Yeah, I caught Will Arnett. Um, yeah, Will Arnett, and then also. I think has, you uh, dropped out for the second one, Christopher. We're at two right now. Yeah, one two. Uh, I private, heard it, but I got interrupted by a six-year-old. Oh yeah. Uh, private prisons has spent more on election on this election than any other in history. Um. Because they want Captain Law and Order. I was yeah. gonna no, say wait, they're, wait, they're wait. spending so much on this one because there is almost no discernible difference between the fucking candidates. Well, I mean, so they are spending so much money trying to come up with some way to convince well, people no. that it's two different choices. No, no, yeah. it's it's the it's the, the the immigration. We'll get to that. There's there's a number that'll just baffle you that we're spending well, that much money. i mean and not only that i mean keep in mind you have biden who who co-wrote the omnibus crime bill and then you have kamala harris who went way out of her way to who throw people it. in prison <laughs> yeah even though they were innocent 
Like, of course private prisons are all about this election. Are you yeah. kidding me? They yeah. win no matter what direction it goes. And she went out of her way to keep people beyond their release date for free fucking slave labor. Right. Yeah. Like, of course they're going after that. Like, yeah, yeah, get out and vote. You guys vote. Yeah, you contribute legitimacy to this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the for-profit prison industry has spent more money on the upcoming election than any on record. And the vast majority of donations will go to Republicans. Despite this election cycle, or during this election cycle, private prisons, uh, PACs, employees, and their families had given $2.1 million to candidates, according to the Center for mm-hmm. Responsive Politics. Uh, this is no surprise. The for-profit prison business has been booming under the Trump administration, which has increasingly relied on prison companies to hold immigrant detainees. Um, of course. Uh, uh, Madison Pauley wrote in August the two largest prison companies, the GEO Group and Core Civic, relied on federal funding for more than half of their revenue last year, according to their annual reports. What kind of cyberpunk type? Dy- yeah, what kind of cyberpunk dystopia that we do we live in that there are private companies that in, can incarcerate oh. people? And just, make just wait. like make enough money to donate millions. Okay. I just 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 wait, just wait. Uh, C our GEO group, GEO group, uh, which is responsible for the bulk of the election spending, received nine hundred million in federal contracts in the most recent fiscal year, as compared to five hundred million in Obama's last year in office. This is like fucking money laundering with extra paperwork. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, this yeah. is this is the Republican Party's equivalence. To what the Democrats do with things like Planned Parenthood, where they funnel mm-hmm. hundreds of millions of dollars into these organizations, which then turn around and create these giant political machines in order to drive their yeah their PACs and even direct donations from those organizations to the candidates mm-hmm. in a, as a way to drive the selection process. Mm-hmm. It, it's uh, the exact same thing, just yours. on the other side. A recent New York Times investigation into Trump's sprawling business empire found that GEO paid thousands to Mar-a-Lago during Trump's two years in office, or Trump's first two years in office, when the company was under fire for its treatment of detained migrant families. Uh, As donations to the private prison industry this election cycle have found a number of GOP policymakers. Uh, as Polly wrote, uh, the recipients include Senator Cory Gardner of Colorado, where GEO and Court Civic run networks of halfway houses, and GEO is fighting a class action lawsuit over allegations that it forced immigrant detainees to work in the work for little or no pay. Senator Mitch McConnell of Kentucky and Senator Shelley Moore Capito of West Virginia, the chair of the Appropriations Committee, Homeland Security Subcommittee. One of the few Democrats is, again, Representative Henry Kuehler, the conservative Texas Democrat and local defender of private prisons, uh, whose districts include both GEO and core civic lockups. It so. just... You know, and the funny thing is, this is some of the same crap that people attacked uh, former Wisconsin governor Scott Walker over was the private prisons and all this, like, reciprocity that was happening there and, like, you know, all the quid pro quo stuff that was occurring and that it was not on the up and up. And people will attack that endlessly and then completely ignore that that was a tiny, tiny drop in the bucket compared to what happens on a national election scale. Yeah. Yeah. 
It, well, that's just it. They don't want to admit that it happens at a federal level, especially yeah. when you start talking about the the real heavy duty federal government bureaucracy worshippers. And that's on both sides of the aisle, obviously. I mean, once you really get into it, they don't care what happens on a federal level because they truly believe that the state level will protect them. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. They believe that the state will protect them from the federal government. Oh, well, people do even. And then they also somehow believe that the federal government is going to protect them from the state. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, to be a statist, you have to think in a circle anyway. So that makes perfect yeah. sense. Right. Yeah. But at and, the end and... of the day, the benevolent overlords only want what's best for us. Right. <laughs> just stay calm. We know we or we'll just be a minute. Yeah, we'll just be a minute. Don't worry, we'll take care of everything. (laughs) (laughs) It's like people think that they're in the middle of the balancing teeter-totter of fucking powers. Right? Like, they're on the fulcrum Mm -hmm. of this lever. No, they're the fucking seat. Right. They're the seats. They're getting fucking sat on the whole time. Yeah, and they're just like, please, sir, might have another. Yeah. (laughs) And a semi-unrelated I just want to get this article out of the way uh, elderly Texas prisoners can be denied soap and hand sanitizer the court rules federal appeals court has ruled against two Texas prisoners who had asked for more protective measures against the spread of COVID-19 including access to hand sanitizer with the court ruling that a global pandemic is not sufficient grounds to bring the lawsuit what? what? <laughs> So, wait a second. The fifth, the, the U.S. Fifth, hold on. So they'll throw you in jail for not using personal protective equipment and then tell you that you can't have it in jail. Yeah, uh, right. you, hold on. The, 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 US fifth, the U.S. Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals on Tuesday ruled against Lady Valentine and Richard King, both of whom were prisoners over the age of 65, with serious health conditions at the Wallace Pack Unit Prison. That's in Texas. It's actually run by the Department of Department of Prisons in Texas, so it's not a private prison. Uh, The prisoners argue that the Texas Department of Criminal Justice has not been doing enough to protect inmates uh, at a geriatric prison during the coronavirus, uh, during the coronavirus pandemic. The pandemic, the plaintiffs said that no hand sanitizer was available for inmates. Soap was limited and sinks were broken and prison guard staff uh, regularly ensued mask wearing policies. uh, Facts that the judge affirmed in the ruling. But the judge said that the lawsuit was, quote, premature said the plaintiffs hadn't exhausted the prison system's grievance process even though lawyers for the plaintiffs said the process could take so long that the inmates might die first hold on the judges the judge judges said that the <laughs> argument isn't strong enough to bypass the grievances procedure ruling quote special circumstances even threats caused by global pandemics do not matter huh. wait what so let me see if I understand this correctly. Because they didn't completely exhaust going through the, hey, warden, we actually would like to get some shit in here to protect us from this supposedly dangerous and deadly virus, which these people are over 65. A virus Therapy. so deadly, a virus so deadly that we can shut down the entire economy, close schools, force people right. to stay home, put people into, into, into poverty. Uh-huh. Right. So all of this it happens to all of us that are supposedly free, but <laughs> these people that are incarcerated and forced to not live defend in, for themselves. Yes, 
forced to live in confined spaces with thousands of or hundreds of other people. Where they depend on the prison employees for their access to literally everything, mm-hmm. anything right. that they, they are being denied access to the things, especially since, like I said, they're in the at-risk population. Yeah. Yeah. And they're being denied everything. And the judge says, oh, this is premature. <laughs> yeah. What? I, you know, and that's the thing, too, that, that it's, it's, it's premature because they haven't exhausted the prison's grievance policies, which so could take longer than... Which, which which could take so long that they would die, and their yeah. so their argument is their argument is this pandemic is so bad and threatens my health so much that I need this stuff right now, or I could potentially get the virus and then die. And his argument was, well, but I mean, you really should have taken more time to possibly get the virus and die. Yeah, yeah right. Pretty much. I, like, what is? Dude, at this point, <laughs> fucking make up you your mind. God damn. So either either the virus <clears throat> is that dangerous and is terrible and is horrifying and is killing all sorts of people and everything, which of course they know it's not. Which is helpful. Yeah. Even if even either you believe that, and then therefore this man is sentencing people who were not to death. sentenced to a death penalty to possible death, or you admit that this isn't nearly as bad as they're saying, which means that they're oppressing the vast majority of people for bullshit reasons, solely to exercise and remind the people. Bankrupting half the fucking country, it. driving small businesses out of fucking business. Right, because we're all starting trillions to the debt. Yeah, we all started. Yeah, I mean, that's what reshaping it was. Reshaping the economy. Yeah. This is like a violent reshaping of our fucking Wait, economy. Right, I, got, I don't okay, think I people got, quite understand the impact. I got, I got one more. I got one together. more paragraph. I got one more paragraph on this one. Okay. Um, 161. That is the number of inmates that have died in the Texas prison system, including more than 20 at Wallace Pack Unit due to COVID. The Texas prison system has more deaths than any other prison system in the U.S., including the federal uh, prison system. The entire Later. federal. Prison. Including federal pound me in the ass prison. Yes. Are you suggesting <laughs> that perhaps Texas, a country, a state known to be like the most flag worshipy, humpy, I'm going to jack off with the American flag, oh God, oppress me harder, daddy, while simultaneously screaming liberty state <laughs> has a horrendous prison system? Isn't Texas the state where the the story we talked about last time about the chick with her chihuahua and her truck, and they fucking surrounded her with like two yeah. cops? Yep. Yeah. Gosh. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? Uh, you know, going <laughs> back to going back to the previous one of the previous articles, I would be curious to see how many police departments in Texas have taken part in the 1033 program. If oh, there's yeah. one that hasn't, I would be shocked. Me too. Right? <laughs> <laughs> So all right, let's get let's get one more quick one in before we get to the uh, that big reason article. Oh yeah, <laughs> the real reason <laughs> we're here. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, University of California spent eight hundred thousand dollars trying to cripple a student newspaper that mocked safe spaces. <laughs> you know when this when I when I, I saw this article, this one. <laughs> I did too. I saw this, this article. I mentioned it. I actually mentioned it to one of my employees. 
And she looked at me and she went, they, wait, they spent how much? And I told her, and she's like, okay, to black, how much? I told her, and she's like, because they, they made fun of this school, basically. Yeah. Yep. What? <laughs> yes. Yep. Okay. Uh, the Ninth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals scolded the University of California, San Diego, a year ago for trying to shut down a satirical student newspaper by defunding all campus media. It reinstated the First Amendment lawsuit by the Koala, which had drawn the ire of student government leaders and administrators for mocking safe spaces. The party's, California. I mean, it's the Democratic well, People's Republic of California. Yes, the, yes, the Democratic People's Republic of California. But I mean, also California. So you said it wrong. They, yeah, they've <laughs> they've learned though. They've learned. You'll notice they were trying to shut down all student like journalism uh-huh, because, because they learned that they will run afoul of Tinker versus Des Moines if, uh, if from they 1969 to... also as well, by the way. <laughs> uh, <laughs> shut down the one, yeah. Yeah, that you can't just shut down the one that the students do not sacrifice the right to free speech at the schoolhouse gate, to paraphrase the final ruling. Mm-hmm. So to try to not run afoul of that, they want to just shut it all down and destroy student journalism entirely. <laughs> Just because but, one fucking publication made fun of them. Yeah, effectively yeah. being like, well, it didn't even necessarily. It didn't even necessarily make fun of the school. All it did was mock safe spaces. Yeah, yeah. Which it, it, it wasn't a mock at the school at all. It was a mock mockery, <laughs> making a mockery of colleges in they, general they and having the their safe spaces. They wouldn't have been upset. Yeah, they wouldn't have been upset if they just stayed in their safe space. Yeah, it's exactly it's. But if you newsflash, your fucking space is safe. Your door, your dorm room, is your fucking safe space, just like everybody else on the planet. Your fucking room is Um, your safe space. (laughs) The parties settled last month, and thanks to a public records request by the Foundation for Individual Rights in Education, we now know the exact. We now know exactly how much the poorly constructed attempt at censorship cost California taxpayers: eight hundred and twenty-four thousand three hundred seventeen dollars and eighty-six cents. Why did the taxpayers pay that? To block four hundred and fifty bucks. But but why are the taxpayers paying? Because because we pay for the colleges here. Oh, God. Uh, as Fire said Friday, quote, that's just north of 1,820 times the amount of money, $452.80. The koala, was deni- the koala was denied under the unconstitutional funding change. I just... <laughs> this is the logic of government as a whole. That is the worst In return order to on prevent you, imagine. Right? In order to prevent you from getting... A minuscule amount of money. We are going to spend an exorbitant amount of money well, just to show you that we are on. right. It, so it's, it's there's, a newspaper, there's, right? There's, there's another. Like... There's another number. There's another number coming. I got like two and a half paragraphs. Um, the settlement gives the koala twelve thousand five hundred dollars and a minimum fifteen hundred dollar reimbursement <laughs> for its print cost from the student <laughs> government each academic year, <laughs> as long as it fulfills the requirements for, for official recognition. If lawyers at the region's ACLU affiliates also got $150,000 for its attorney's fees and costs. <laughs> then there's the money the University of California spent on its own lawyers, which makes the settlement look like chump change. 
kids running that newspaper could have done like a car wash for a couple of weekends and earned yeah, the money they needed to keep it going. <laughs> the, the one guy on that newspaper who had a part-time job could have provided them the same yeah. in a week. Hey, <laughs> have a kick-in party. You could have raised can, twice he, that. Yeah. yeah. And keep in mind, this is California, right? This is the place where yeah, they can throw a fucking kegger and make three. I mean, right? This, this is the place where, like, things like Mad Magazine and stuff went to, right? Like, Mad obviously it didn't start in in California. It started in I want to say Connecticut. I could be wrong, but like, it started in Ivy. Details, Andrew. Either way, either way. So, <laughs> Mad Magazine, right? Super satirical, constantly all sorts of vulgar humor, everything else. The university despised it it's run by students and entirely privately funded yeah <laughs> so... rather rather than admit that it was stupid to try and kill the koala by defunding all student media after specifically singling out the koala as repugnant repulsive attacking and cruel the university kept paying its lawyers trying to get the ninth circuit to reconsider if it's described that way, do they offer a subscription? Because I want one. <laughs> yeah. Right? I want to start reading their articles because if that is accurate, dude, I'm interested. I'm down. Yeah. I'm yeah. in. Me too. Screw yeah. it. Google, here we come. <laughs> yeah. So not only they, they weren't even fighting to shut them down and shut them up, they weren't even looking for like a gag order or anything like that. Literally, they just wanted to stop giving them this fucking what amounts to pocket change <laughs> 450 again two of their two of their people working part-time at a fucking kinko's at a could subway. have pulled off yeah they <laughs> could have pulled off enough money Wait, to donate hold on, hold on. in one week yeah the student the student press law center which filed a friend of the court brief in support of the koala Noted the settlement while opining the koala trafficked in, quote, racist, homophobic, Islamophobic, and anti-Semitic slurs and language. It's a sounds hilarious. It's a, it's a shock jock newspaper that is intentionally over the top, more performance art. Uh-huh. Yeah, that sounds okay. awesome. exactly okay. like Mad Magazine. Hold up. Yeah. Hold up. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I, I'm on their, no, no, I'm on their website right now. The koala, the worst in collegiate journalism since 1982. Just like is the most professional that, website that out there is podcast. podcast. That is, that is, that is oh. the top five it's list. It's the fucking student publication equivalent of the Anarchy Among Friends Roundtable discussion. This is amazing. <laughs> so at the top, they have this thing, the top five, or top five lists. The first one is five reasons why you should fuck your TA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One, they're easier than the freshmen. Two, you already have. Three, they're better in bed than your mom. Four, free extra credit. And five, they can't tell everyone how bad you are in bed. Ah, <laughs> Who's it gonna tell? Ah. The very next one, top five ways to catch chlamydia. Nice. That <laughs> <laughs> uh, top five reasons to fuck an Asian, and the top five reasons to join the Catholic Church. 
Number one, uh, that one, number one, free unprotected case sex, free wine mixed with cough syrup. Three, uh, you won't have to come out of your family or come out to your family. Four, kinky confession. Five, kneeling, not only to pray, but to take it up the ass. <laughs> <laughs> I might start going to this page every day. <laughs> I mean, they're basically, they're basically what Mad Magazine started out as, right? Mad Magazine, don't forget started out what turned into mad tv and ultimately i think didn't um it spawned all sorts of stuff but anyway mad started out right and like national lampoon too national lampoon started out as a college magazine that its entire purpose was to be satirical and offensive and just run with that and look at what national lampoon in particular because mad's basically dead right but National Lampoon, look at how they started out and, and what they started doing and how amazing they became with this, this whole format and stuff. And they started making movies and all these other things. And, of course, one of their original founders committed suicide in Hawaii. But the, the fact that... <laughs> fun little trivia for you. Um, but all of, these, all of these major publications, right? College Humor started out, obviously as a college publication um the cracked started out as a college publication like all of these satirical things started out the same way that this did and doing the exact same thing it's a college tradition it's almost an american fucking institution yeah becoming like this satirical offensive for no goddamn reason other than to offend people like like and the fucking they, lad Bible and shit. Yeah, like they, they exist for this. This is all they do. And it's not like anybody takes any of this shit seriously except for the hyper leftist. Oh my God! Get out of my cupboard! Jigglypuffs, yeah. right? That's They're the only ones who care. And this is, so in response to a bunch of Trigglypuffs complaining, I guarantee you, then California spends more than three quarters of a million dollars to try and keep them from getting less than 500. California that has homeless people shitting on the street. Legally shitting, Legally on, the shitting street. on the street. Yeah. <clears throat> but And then yeah, looks but... down at the rest of the country like, oh, you're so uncivilized. <laughs> but yeah. you can't get a straw at a restaurant unless you ask. You know what, though? We've, we've developed as a species in California because instead of plastic straws wrapped in paper, we have paper straws wrapped in plastic. Yep. <laughs> so much better. They fucking suck. So bad. <laughs> oh, all right. Let's get on to the reason that we're all here. Yeah. And it's not Derica. Um, <laughs> not this re- time. Reason article. Uh, the complicated <laughs> truth about the Boogaloo movement. Uh, these Hawaiian shirt-wearing, gun-toting Gen Z activists say they stand with Black Lives Matter against gun control and are preparing for total state collapse. Gen Z? I'm That's offended. what it said. It said Gen Z. I feel off- I am incredibly offended by this. Very fun. I mean, yeah. I, will, I will give you that there are a lot of members of the big movement who are Gen Z, but... Well, yeah, maybe. I mean, Gen Z, like, Micah is... My my oldest son, he's like in the first couple of years of Gen Z, he's 18. You know, these like Gen Z's young kids, like 20 and under. 21. I, it's 20. Actually, it's now 22 and younger. Oh. Um, 
mid to late 1990s to the early 2010s. 22 okay. years old or Gen Z. It's yeah. My my one of my employees is Gen Z, and every time she says something, I'm like, man, I'm old. <laughs> but <laughs> my 13 year old is Gen Z. Yep. <laughs> so Gen X, one what? Gen X, all I'm the way, that, baby. I'm that old. Just yeah, gonna remind you, my my mother's Gen X. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you enjoy that. You're technically a millennial. I am a millennial. I'm on the older end of millennial yeah, though. It, it, I, it, may, I missed it, the cutoff for that. I fall into that little halfway between where they call them the Zennials. Yeah, eighty-one to ninety-six apparently. Yep. Is millennial or generation Y or simply Gen Y. I like I like Generation Y because we started calling ourselves Generation Y after Columbine, like yeah. W H Y Generation Y. So I feel like that that's the most appropriate. But if you want to call us millennials, call us millennials, like whatever. But the fact is that there's an awful lot of not one not white supremacist and not right wing, but two also like millennial and Gen X members. Of yep. the boog movement. Wow. So this just further reinforces that these people have <laughs> no idea what the fuck they're talking about. Uh, no, I, I would this also like to, to add in that I recently uh, had the opportunity to sit down and speak with a, a gentleman at a uh, local establishment. Cheers. Um, who was a Vietnam veteran, did two tours in Vietnam, who is a member or what he calls a member of the boog movement. Mm. Like, yeah. like we, we talked about, well, it's, I'm looking into the article. I, 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 Christopher brought it up, so let's get into it. But um, I, I, I brought it up the other day in chat. Um, I don't like the Boog movement, like, as we're, as we're all admembered, admitted parties of or whatever, you know, supporters, whatever. Um, I don't like I it being called a militia. Nor I don't yeah, like I it being like called a militia. It's not, it's not a militia. Like no. I, I understand yeah. the idea of a militia, right? Especially the, the the traditional aspects of it and all that other stuff. But like, the idea of a militia, of a constitutional militia, of, of and all this other stuff, it's like it's 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 blockbuster to me. Yeah, it's, it's right? incredibly like, antiquated. Yeah, it, well, not incredibly antiquated, but it is it is a, a a dying idea, right? The 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 boogaloo movement, it's it's decentralized, it's hot, it's it's the new, it's it's Netflix, right? It's streaming services. Well, it isn't even Netflix because it, it it's a torrent server. Yeah, is yeah what it, it is. It's more like it's Plex running torrents. Yeah, it's completely decentralized. None, nothing is. There is no leadership, and every chunk of leadership who's ever tried to call themselves leadership, as you're about to find out in the article, yep. gets nailed. Yeah, and yep. most of it, nobody claims to be leadership. Nobody's in charge. Nobody runs anything that, that isn't. There's no organization. Works. There's no official fucking central. There's no hierarchy. Authority. Yeah. There's no hierarchy. Yeah, which, it's which, a which bunch exists, of people voluntarily working together. Yes. It, in it's a traditional, traditional militia. Model. A traditional militia you, have, militia, you have, you have, uh, you know, the same regular military structure. You have generals, mm -hmm. you have captains, you have majors, you have, you know, colonels, you have lieutenants. Yeah, that damn butter sergeants. bar who gets lost. 
yeah, you you have the random people wandering around. And everyone's like, just don't give him a map, and and we'll be okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> you have that stuff in militias, and the boog movement does not have that. There is no. no organized thing. Entire units can materialize for a single event and then disintegrate, and never exactly. even speak to each other again. All the boog movement really is is a bunch of fucking people arming themselves and standing by. Mm-hmm. But not but not yeah. only that, it's it's. It's freedom for all. Yeah. Yes. It's not. It's not freedom for this group or that group or, you know, you can even look at it on a global scale. It's we don't or a lot of people that may or may not be associated with the Boogaloo movement. Um, they don't advocate for hey, just absolute individual freedom for the people in this geographic location. They're talking about it everywhere. And yeah, yes, the, the roots of it have grown, have taken hold here in the States. Yeah, we had a, there's but a, there's I have, a, but there's I have a couple talked of, to a couple of people in Canada. I've talked mm-hmm. to somebody that lives in Southern Mexico. I have talked to a couple of people in Germany. I have talked to my, my favorite one. My personal favorite one was I spoke to somebody who actually lives in Tel Aviv. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Australians. Uh, one of the uh, the people Even mentioned in this article. Japan. One of the people mentioned in this article was actually actually flew to Hong Kong, and, yeah, and, say Hong and Kong. participated in that in that as a medic. But I mean, Hong still, Kong is is largely where it was kind of born. Actually, to be honest with you, I mean, like yeah. I think that the, well, it's, the it's roots the, of it the, kind the par- of it's, it's very much a parallel as the way it happened and the yeah. way it's way it's organized. I think I think that a lot of the inspiration fomented with the Arab Spring. To be honest with you, I think uh-huh. that's where where that inspiration started was Arab Spring, and then you have Hong Kong, and you have these other movements. You have Catalonia. Um, yeah. the, the the Catalans, they're you know they're very much uh, an inspiration for it in a very big way that I think people don't understand and are still very active in it and stuff. And there's it's a global thing. And the media in the United States keeps trying in the name of trying to maintain status quo because they're so fucking terrified of it. They keep trying to well, shoehorn again, it. Well, uh, uh, again, the, the mainstream media, the, the mainstream media model, the way it works is, again, it's, it's, it's an antiquated, antiquated idea, antiquated, antiquated model. And, you know, even no? even when you talk about if you you know subscribe to the statist uh, mindset, even when you look at that, it's antiquated because you've got people out there like Stephen Crowder and Ben Shapiro on the right, and then you've got um, the Young Turks on the left, and and those. It's not we, looking at it. Libertarian fr- podcast. Well, but I mean, it's not. <laughs> it's not st- sitting there and staring at Fox News, CNN, MSNBS. Um, <laughs> and all of those the it's, news network um it's it's watching it on the internet i mean mm-hmm. admittedly yeah i watch or i follow ben shapiro once in a while i've listened to steven crowder just i listen to crowder because he's funny kevin's I mean, I, always I, listening to crowder because he fucking yeah. finds it hysterical i'd follow ben shapiro's sister places uh, yes yes <laughs> I, I understand where you're yes. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. all right let's get into the article uh, Derek's uh, boots get off that track 
<laughs> so uh, this is uh, a Reason.com article. It's called The Complicated Truth About the Boogaloo Movement. There is an accompanying video. It's like 10 minutes long. It's a really good video. But we're a podcast, not a video. So we're going to read the podcast or read the article. Um, is America headed for a civil war? According to the followers of one fast-growing online subculture, increasing increasing political polarization and instability will inevitably lead to a domestic armed conflict, which they refer to as Civil War II Electric Boogaloo. That's a play on that's a play on the title of a 1984 breakdancing film, which the movement known as the Boogaloo, Big Igloo, or sometimes the Big Luau, also derived its name. It is the sequel nobody asked for, but we got anyway. Yeah, but we got it anyway. Yeah. Did anyone watch Breaking One? No. But you got a sequel anyway. <laughs> they, they made a first one? Yeah, right. uh, yeah, Hawaiian... Here's the thing, though. It's, it's never been, like, as much as I've observed this culture, it's never been about starting it. It's always just been about being ready for it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, very much so. Uh, the Hawaiian shirt-wearing, gun-toning activist known as the Boog Boys, B-O-I-S, <laughs> well, yeah. spells out, known as the Boog Boys, have migrated out of the meme space and into the streets, showing up at Black Lives Matter demonstrations in many American cities, on often in an apparent sympathy with the cause. The media have called them white nationalist and accelerationist terrorists. Uh <laughs> Quote, the Boogaloo movement is, for the most part, a libertarian group, according to one member. So hang on a second. I want to, I would love to point this out for everybody listening. It says that they have shown up at Black Lives, Lives Matter, Matter demonstrations <laughs> In with sympathy, sympathy with for the cause. The yeah. And then they turn around and say the media, on the other hand, points, paints them to be white nationalists and accelerationist terrorists. Yeah. You can't have it both ways, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. No. We're white. Yeah, yeah, We're all the white nationalists are white nationalists <laughs> who support Black Lives Matter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My KKK hood just happens what's, to be what's black. What's the definition of, of cognitive <laughs> dissonance again? It's, uh, and I'll tell you guys, government agencies are bending over backwards. To fucking make white supremacy oh. the big boogie oh, ab- right now. It, oh, yeah. There have been so many articles in the last two months regarding white supremacy, white nationalism, uh, white domestic terrorism, that sort of thing. Well, the they're, same thing happened on, in they're, the they're, gear, they're gearing up to crack down on these people the same way that they will crack down on the protests, the rioting, mm-hmm. the looting. Um, as we yep. come closer to the election or right after the election. Oh, yeah. And I've, I've and, been seeing on, for and, months, and, too. And people, and people will support it because mm-hmm. they're tired of the looting and the rioting. And they'll support anything that the DHS or the Border Patrol or whoever does. Like um, the uh, we had the, the Border Patrol doing the statue grabs. And people openly supported it because, oh, they're commies, blah, 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 blah. Congrats. You played yourself. You just set a precedent. And they're going to come after you next. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's, and that's, you know, and that's the thing is, we've you know especially in this podcast and so we've been talking about that like you need to understand that this is a setup that this is happening that they are setting this up they're moving the chess pieces into place slowly but surely it's the true 4d chess 
Yes. Yes. yes, they are truly what they are doing is they're moving all of these pieces into place so that they can get the rioters, the BLM rioters and the, the communists and the socialists to then start rioting, looting, get the Boog Boys to respond, the Boog Boys to respond, right? Encourage a white nationalist sentiment within it as much as they can, violent reaction get them to just start killing, shooting, whatever else, go, okay, well, now the federal government has to step in because now there's just violence in the streets and we need to crack down on it. And then they do, and they start patrolling with armored vehicles that they've been sending to police forces for a while. All those armored vehicles and those automatic weapons and everything else, and suddenly... You find yourself in a police state and that is so blatant, no one can deny it. And the worst yep. fucking part is that half of the population is more. so stupid and blind that they will go, well, you know, but I don't want my business raided by these these uh, guys that are, you know, burning buildings to the ground stuff. And, and I, don't, I don't really like guns and I don't really want those people, you know, running around just shooting people. So... Really, yep. I mean, they're vigilantes. They shouldn't be taking the law into their own hands. So, therefore, I, I'm good with the federal government just stepping in and just, you know, mm-hmm. at, least, at least there's law and order now. And they will bend over and they will take it up the ass every fucking time because they don't want to bother to wake up and realize, no, this is it's not about your safety. It's not about maintaining a status quo where people mm-hmm. can just live. Yep. It's about power for and them. Can I point out that History is fucking riddled with examples of yes. this exact tactic mm-hmm. for expanding power structures mm-hmm. where the powers mm-hmm. that be cause trouble within their populations. They start wars. They start fucking riots. They assassinate um, fucking leaders of like opposing mm-hmm. civil, you know, gangs or whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> this shit like history is full of fucking examples mm-hmm. of this kind of yeah. shit where leaders do this to grab more fucking power for themselves. Yep. yep. Well, that's what it is. It's 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 create a problem, and then the solution is oftentimes worse than the problem. Well, yep. look at yeah, look at uh, the the Spanish American War right leading up to that. America wanted to expand citizenry. Didn't really want America to turn into a colonial power. The way European countries did, we weren't supposed to. We were never meant to. This wasn't something we were supposed to be doing. So what did they do? They blew up the USS Maine in Havana Harbor and then said, well, the Spanish did it. So now we got to go after the Spanish. And what happened? We wound up with the Philippines. We wound up with Guam. We wound up with American Samoa. Do you know how many school kids now have no idea that the Philippines were an American colony? Uh and like, these how many, days, we how have many, a term for this. It's called fucking false flag. <laughs> yeah. Agents the <clears throat> tour. How many kids yeah. today know about nine or about Saudi Arabia's involvement in 9-11? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's, right. um, there is. And not even kids. Not even kids. How many adults actually paid attention enough to realize <laughs> that there was Saudi Arabian right. involvement? Oh, if you pointed out, if in the aftermath of 9-11, if you pointed out that, that Osama bin Laden used to be a CIA asset, an active CIA asset Tim, in Tim Afghanistan. Osman, Tim Osman, O-S-M-A-N, look it up. Yeah, if you pointed out that he was an active CIA asset, 
people looked at you like you were nuts. And I'm like, but there are newspaper articles you can literally go to the library and pull up right now about how Osama bin Laden was fighting with the Mujahideen against the Soviets in the 1980s on behalf of America, sponsored by the CIA. Like, it was an open thing that we were doing that. And all these people will still just blinders, blinders, blinders. All right. All right, let's get back on. Let's get yeah. back on topic. Uh, the medium called them white nationalists and accelerationist terrorists, but but these labels don't capture what this dispersed movement is all about. Uh, the Boogaloo movement is a Gen Z Second Amendment activism. Its members forgo the patriotic symbolism of traditional militia movements for flowered apparel, bright patches, and colorful memes. Their approach to organizing resembles Hong Kong's decentralized, privacy-conscious, and social media-heavy protest movement. They are digitally native activists raised on Instagram and TikTok who understand that in the world of online feedback loops, actions are often less important than the way that they are presented. Their online rhetoric is infused with paranoia and its members circulate unfounded theories of rampant, unchecked pedophilia... Which, unfounded theory. Oh. Unchecked pedophilia, which they say unfounded. must be stamped, which they say must be stamped out extrajudiciously, uh, if necessary. Uh, their claim that societal breakdown is inevitable, but their public stances often make it seem as if a violent civil war is something they'd like to see happen. And the movement's organic leaderless structure leaves it highly susceptible to being co-opted by its worst, most dangerous actors. You mean like? Uh... So, like, maybe, I don't know, federal agents who are trying to encourage people to do things that they wouldn't otherwise do. And Yeah. I would like to point out, you know, bright, colorful patches. (laughs) I don't know know what you're talking about. I'm not wearing anything (laughs) even remotely boogaloo-oriented at all. Right <laughs> no, no, I'm it's not a. I'm not a. I'm not an armed abolitionist. Um, uh, am I the only one on this podcast that isn't a boot boy? <laughs> yes. yes. Well, and then like, just on the, wait. The shirt wait that till I'm wearing, you, yeah. Wait till your boys. Pants. Wait till your boys get their first patch. I need that one. I'm telling you. Yeah. I don't even. You know, to be honest, I don't even remember where I got this one. Like, I ordered it, and now I don't remember from where. I'm- I'm just a prepper, you guys. <laughs> well, that's the thing. A lot of us, a lot of us, especially the uh, those of us in the millennials and air generation and whatnot that fall into this boog category are also preppers. Yeah. Well, I'm not. Hey, man, I, I'm not a, a revolutionary or anything like I, I'm just a guy who wants to be left the fuck alone. Well, yeah. and that's the, that's the big thing is even even the uh, Gen Zers that we've talked to or that i've talked to that's the biggest thing they're like i just wish they'd leave me the hell alone yeah like finally gosh it's almost like not leaving people alone might lead them to resent you yeah Yeah. well my my gen z kids as young as they are they're like every time they hear something about government they're like that's fucking stupid why don't they just let people sort their own shit out gosh it's almost like the boogaloo movement is domestic blowback. Yeah. Mm, like that be? meme. It's like that meme. Who radicalized you? You did. You did. Yeah. Yeah. If if the United States government had stuck to the Constitution, none of us would have ever become anything. I I say nope. I say that all the time. Like if, yep. if we had a truly constitutional government, I would have very little to bitch about. 
Yeah, I wouldn't have any. I wouldn't have probably anything to complain and, about. Yeah, again, and, and if I if I grew up anywhere else than California, I might not. I probably wouldn't be an artist. Yeah. I think we yeah. said all this last time too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if 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 we had stuck to the Constitution, I would still probably be a professional soldier in the employ of the United States government, because yeah. there wouldn't have been any reason for me to not be, because at that point, I am just protecting the people that I love, and that's my goal, and right. that's my job. Uh, the members who spoke to reason stand against gun control, the drug war, and aggressive policing. Sometimes they've aligned themselves with right-wing militia groups and other, at other moments with Black Lives Matter. The one issue that seems to unify, unify them is a conviction that armed resistance to government overreach is entirely justified. Um, it fucking is. It's in all of our founding documents. It's literally it's it's fucking duty. It's, it's our duty handed down by the founders of this fucking nation. It's literally in the very first document written and signed as a country. And yeah. can I just say that it says the members who spoke to reason... For the love of God, stop talking <laughs> to people. Yeah. OPSEC, bro. OPSEC. OPSEC. All right. Uh, quote, it's a very powerful movement that has come together and unified against racism, tyranny, pedophilia, and government overreach, says Mike Dunn, a visible face in a mostly faceless movement. Quote, it's one of the biggest unified movements that have ever been among gun owners and freedom-loving Americans. Um, Mike Dunn, if you don't know him, you probably should. He's He was recently arrested at a libertarian event in Virginia uh, for open carrying. There's a really great video where he's talking about the unconstitutionality of the law with the cop, and the cops literally does his I'm-just-doing-my-job speech. Um, Mike Dunn is also the guy in the really good video standing on top of the car, and he's holding hands, reaching out, holding hands with the, Afri with the really hot African-American girl. Ooh. That is Mike Dunn also. I have the same shirt he does in that photo. I, was, I yeah. have the same shirt. This, it's from Walmart. Fun fact. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then it goes on to say, October 8th, police arrested Dunn for allegedly trespassing while open carrying a firearm at a rally for Libertarian presidential candidate Joe Jorgensen. Uh, Dunn says he left home at 16 and joined the Marine Corps a year later. When he returned to Virginia, he embarked with on a new political project. Um Quote, I began, I began building militias and connecting them together uh, under one uh, under one heading, Dunn says. And then my buddy, who I was connected with through some militia work, was Duncan Limp. Isn't it odd how some people come back from war and they join the fucking domestic oppressors and other people come back and they really stand for the average individual human being and their rights? And you know, you'll and notice a difference between them is largely that the ones who stand with the oppressors are like cooks and MPs <laughs> and people who aren't actually in combat. And those of us who actually or, got or Navy shot or at, Navy SEALs. Yeah. Or the fucking glory hounds. And then the ones who are the quiet professionals, the ones who don't, you know, who have to kill people, who have to get shot at, who have to lose guys. Who's seen what war really is and what America's foreign policy really is? We all wind up anarchists and libertarians. Yeah. Um, Go in figure. March, yeah. In March, Montgomery County police shot to death 21-year-old Duncan Limp after bursting into his Maryland home in the middle of the night with an arrest warrant. Quote: uh, I believe they blatantly killed him in cold blood, and we're going to have justice as done. 
Uh, quote, after he was killed, it really pushed me to become part of the Boogaloo movement. Again, hashtag blowback. Yep. Um, Limp's death gave rise to theories that he was targeted for his involvement in militia movements. Uh, police say they were seizing firearms he was a juvenile conviction. The Montgomery County Police Department has also failed to produce the arrest warrant or body cam footage of the shooting despite requests from Reason Magazine. They Gosh, fucking executed him. They fucking executed him. There's yes. no other way to yeah. phrase it. Was it. A, it was a hit, and everybody knows it was a hit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everybody with it's any because, eyes open. It's because he was, he, was, he, was making, um, he was making a website that would link various groups together, and it had some encryption protocols to it, uh, and it would have been very, very, very popular. And you know, the yeah. funny thing is, yep. is all I can think with him is, the name Crispus Attucks comes up, and if you're unaware of who Crispus Attucks is, one, you really need to read history, but two, Crispus Attucks is the first martyr of the American Revolution. He is a man, he was half black, half native, he was a dock worker in Boston, and during the Boston Massacre, he was the first person to die from the shots fired from the British. He's There's a statue of him in the square. He's regarded as the first death of the American Revolution, and all I can think is, you know, yep. those British soldiers are on the wrong side of history now and are viewed as on the wrong side of history and the side of the oppressors. And he is the first martyr. And Duncan Lemp is going to go down as that guy. Yep. Yeah. All right. Uh, the Lemp faction of the Boogaloo movement often uses his name as social media handle and regularly posts about police brutality. Though they've migrated to Telegram and other encrypted platforms after Facebook started shutting down their groups. Uh, and these anonymous channels, racist and anti-Semitic language becomes more frequently visible. Oh, <sighs> come on. Uh, I, I would like to uh, to refute that statement. Yeah. Uh, but, Are you kidding me? That's, but, a, well, any group that I'm in is never going to be allowed to throw out anti-Semitic. One, because I have a lot of very, very good friends who are Jews. And two, <laughs> like... I get that shit, and every once in a while, somebody wants to crop up and start throwing that shit at me, and like, but it's not mm, consistent with I've, the principles of individuality and freedom. Yeah, for that's all. that's exactly. what I'm saying. Like, I've never, I've never been in a group or or on a site uh, where that is is really really allowed. Like yeah, as, as soon as as no. soon as it crops up, everybody piles on that person. Yeah, you know the funny thing is, is the one place, the one and only place I've seen a lot of it is Facebook. Because a yeah. lot of the people involved in things like the boob movement and things like that are heavily anti-collectivist. Yeah. And racism is collectivism. Yeah. And yes. whether people have put those words to it or not, they are against collectivism. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and anti-Semitism, the, the Holocaust deniers who fucking infuriate me on a level <laughs> that I cannot begin who described you having actually gone on digs to excavate actual graves from the fucking Holocaust and seeing the number of bodies in them, having done the research, read the fucking papers in Eastern Europe and Germany, the original papers, like, I can't stand that. If I'm in, even remotely involved in this movement, you can know for sure I'm not going to fucking tolerate it for a fucking second. What's yeah. the, what's that the the one meme? It's uh the dorky looking boot guy, and he's like, oh, if the war's finally started, now we can start killing minorities, blah blah blah. And the like the actual boot boys, like, you're getting lined up with the politicians. 
There's, yeah. well, there's, there's one there's one that I made where it's the it's from I don't remember what movie it is, but it's a screenshot from it with Adolf Hitler peeking around the the tree and the little kid, and it's he's him he's Jojo peeking Rabbit. around the tree. Yeah, Jojo, Jojo Rabbit. Rabbit. He says, and it, it says something about like, but well, you know, once we get rid of the government, we can go after all these Jews, and we can finally stop the denials of the uh, the or we, we can finally stop all of the Holocaust talk and finally admits that these people are just terrible. And it, he replies, "You're on the list too, Adolf." um dunn said he was drawn to the movement by its hardline stance against racism which set it apart from other armed movements he had been joined uh quote i grew up country flying the rebel flag saying some pretty dumb pretty dumb stuff and that's something that attracted me to the boogaloo movement was how much they hated racism and how much they weren't willing to deal with it and i began to change my viewpoints yeah boogaloo boogaloo members have marched alongside black lives matter protesters uh, although their presence hasn't always been welcomed and they've clashed with racist groups, uh, the Boogaloo Boys once led a chant of, quote, white supremacy sucks, disrupting a speech at a pro-gun rally in Richmond. Well, it does. Supremacy of any type yeah, that's, fucking sucks. Yeah, that's a fantastic video. Yeah. Uh, quote, uh, we're not white supremacists. We believe in liberty for all, says John, who asked that we only identify him for his first name, who runs a Boogaloo-themed Instagram page called Two Savage for Status. That actually was recently deleted by Instagram. Uh, quote, and liberty for all means, regardless of race, gender, and whether you're trans, it doesn't matter. Uh, in addition, in supporting Black Lives Matter, he was in Hong Kong in 2019 helping pro-democracy demonstrators. Uh, he says he was there. He says there's a parallel between those and the—he the, says a parallel between the two protest movements. Uh, quote, the biggest similarity that I've seen is uh, how the Chinese media described the Hong Kong protesters is the exact same way the conservative media in the U.S. describes the BLM movement. Quote, I don't think conservatives in America would like to compare themselves to conservatives in China, but that's how it really is. See, I mean, that's it's good. It's I appreciate that that, you know, that message is getting out. And the bottom line is, you know, that's that's why we scare them so much is because we're not white supremacists. We're not in favor of one group or another. We just want people to be free, and that yeah, scares the that's... shit out of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but Nothing they're... scares the government more than than people of all colors, colors, races, creeds, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's Standing that's, in solidarity that's against. Yeah. That's, what, that's why they, they, they try so hard to throw that label on us, is so that they can leverage people against the Boogaloo movement by, by labeling mm-hmm. it as, as nationalist and racist and all that other stuff. In reality, it's not, but attaching those labels to it, then they can yeah. use that as leverage to, to crack down or, or to, to uh, demonize and to leverage other groups against right. the Boogaloo movement to try and control or, or quell. And, to, and to try to keep it from growing mm-hmm. uh, to turn public mm-hmm. opinion against yes. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To, to shift, oh, yeah, to shift that window. Well, yeah, because as long as they can ignore, you know, ignore that it's about freedom for everyone. Now they yeah. can go, well, see, they want to take your freedom away. They want to take yeah. your freedom away. See, but well, we're protecting that because they want to take it away. And that's yeah. that's that us versus them that they need to keep us at each other's throats. And if mm-hmm. everyone understands what the boog movement is actually about, they won't be at each other's throats anymore. They'll only be their throats yeah right. and it's um, and they're they are actually losing that battle from what i've seen 
I mean, you, well, you yeah. still have, I mean, you still have the hardline status that believe whatever the hell um, the government or whatever tells. But them. their numbers are dwindling. People their are numbers fucking, are especially especially because of all the COVID lockdowns and shit like yep. that. That and, has accelerated it greatly. Oh, dramatically. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and it's suddenly now they're looking at this idea where. They've depended so hard for so long on keeping everybody divided, keeping everybody Mm -hmm. us versus them over and over and where, well, I'm this group and you're that group and everything else. And now suddenly this group comes along and just says, hey, man, I want everybody to be free. I don't care what your religion. Like, I'm I'm a boot Mm -hmm. boy. I'm I'm a straight white Christian Mm -hmm. male. And like one of my best friends is a Jew. One of my other best friends is a Muslim. One of my other best friends is a black gay man. Like. I don't freaking care. Can't we all just fucking get along? Yeah, Yeah, I just want everybody to be free. I don't care if you're trans. I have a bunch of friends that are trans. I don't care. Like, your business is your business, and my business is my business. And these assholes are trying to trample on everybody's business. Yeah, they're the enemies, not us. And that's that's the thing that they prey on is is that they they prey on this idea that because my opinion differs from yours, because I don't agree with how you're living, that therefore. Oh well, I must want you to not be able to live that way, and that's not what it's about. Like whether I yeah. disagree with you and how you're living or not is irrelevant. I still think yeah. you have the right to live that way if you're not hurting anyone else. Like I don't care. Mm-hmm. That's not my yeah. business. That's not I, my I don't care what you do. Just don't try to force me to do what you do. Yeah. Yeah. I don't give a that's shit, the, man. Or that's don't, the basics don't, of it, right there. Don't fucking hurt people and don't take their stuff. Like yeah, that's and that's like that. I I posted a meme that i found somewhere the other day like you become a libertarian when you realize it's wrong to hurt people and take their stuff you become an anarchist when you realize there are no fucking exceptions exactly and that's you know in my experience that i may or may not have had with people in the movement (laughs) is that i don't have any like legitimately i don't don't fucking (laughs) the people the people who i may or may not have encountered started out as we started talking to them kind of still statist and since we started talking to them have started to very quickly understand anarchism and go anarchist very very quickly because the moment that somebody's already accepted that all i want is freedom i just want to be left alone and then you go well shouldn't everybody just be left alone doesn't everybody just want that like what business is it of yours shouldn't you just leave everyone alone all of this sudden it clicks in their heads, which is the other reason why they're so threatened by the boo movement is so many anarchists are in it and they're like, crap, if they, if everybody starts to understand, right? Like think the, um, the, the scene in ants, right? With the grasshoppers, there's so many more of us than there is of them. And if they ever figure that out, we're done. Yeah. That's where they're at. It's that moment that speech that is where government is at right now there the other one that came to mind immediately was the uh the old slave overlord um meme that's been recirculating again where it's got the one guy with a whip and six guys that are out working in the field one guy stands up and the guy with the whip cracks down on him and then the other five then confront the guy with the whip right and that's exactly what it is yep I love to bring up Haiti to people. If you don't know the founding of the country of Haiti, it was a slave rebellion. Right. It was a bunch of slaves who had simply had enough. 
Right. And they drove it out. And they did it so quickly and so and dramatically. Violently. Well, and very violently. Matt, we're, um, yeah. we're getting short on time. I'm going to jump down the yeah. article a little bit. Okay. Um, and the event of the predicted conflict between warring political factions actually happening, it's not clear on which side the boot boys like John and Dunn would align. Because neither there's sp- no fucking sides in this philosophy. <laughs> yeah, because there's not a yeah, side. Exactly. Uh, neither, neither support Donald Trump or Joe Biden, instead preferring libertarian Joe Jorgensen. And in the field, boot boys have often walked a fine line, attempting to position themselves as an armed buffer between police and demonstrators, peacekeepers between leftist and rightist groups, as well as protectors of private property. While it is difficult to estimate uh, the exact size of the movement, the Institute for Research and Education on Human Rights has documented a Boog Boy presence at protests in at least a dozen states this year. Dunn says the, Boog, uh, the Boogaloo movement is already a sizable force and only poised to grow. Quote, it's probably the largest actively armed movement in the United States to date. Uh, he yeah, said, I would actually uh, argue it's the largest in the past 150 years. Yes, and it's uh, totally decentralized. There's no central fucking organization, mm-hmm. and yep. that's why it scares them because it's basically yeah. a fucking guerrilla force waiting to happen. Yeah, uh, a, mm-hmm. a Facebook group had a hundred thousand people in it before everything started get taken down. Now we have groups everywhere, every state. Uh, Evans agrees. He says, uh, "Quote: It's certainly the largest movement I've seen in my lifetime in the United States." That is focused around armed citizens taking political action um, on those arms. So, and the reason it's so big, so much bigger than all these piddly little fucking white supremacy groups, or all the little fucking any ethnicity or whatever, all these little fucking political groups. The reason it's so much bigger is because it is so much more rational. And mm-hmm. so much more about yep. the individual and having an actual fucking principle mm-hmm. of yep. human exactly. rights. Yeah. Uh, yep. Derek, you, get, you got time for one more quick one? Me? Yeah. One more quick article? Uh, yeah, if it's fast. All right. Um, <laughs> one arrested and threat to kidnap and kill Wichita mayor over COVID-19 mask mandate. <laughs> and don't forget, we just covered what last week. We just covered the Whitmer one. The- the Michigan one, yeah. yeah. Um, a Wichita man has been arrested on suspicion of threatening to kidnap and kill Wichita Mayor Brandon Whipple over frustrations with the city mask ordinance, the mayor and police said Friday afternoon. Meredith Dowdy, remember that name, Meredith Dowdy, 59, was booked into Sedgwick County Jail at 6.05 p.m. Friday. Booking photos show. Uh, re- police confirmed he is a suspect and he could face a charge of criminal threat. Whipple said he had read a series of text messages received by another city official that asked about Whipple's address and contained a detailed threat against his life. The apparent threat was the suspect's opposition to masks and tyranny. Uh, Whipple said, quote, uh, he was going to kidnap me and slash my throat and he needed my address because I needed to see the hangman, me and everyone else, uh, who something about tyranny, Whipple said. Uh, it sounded, it sounded like a very, it sounded like the person was very upset and pretty much mask mandates. Uh, and he said something about not being able to see his mother because COVID COVID restrictions on elderly homes. Uh, Wichita police spokesman, Charlie Davidson confirmed that the department is investigating the threat and that so far, no other local officials are believed to have been targeted. The suspect, that's the, the, the guy, uh, Dowdy. 
a well-known local musician who performed under the name Cathead and and played numerous gigs in the Wichita bar and nightclub scene. He plays guitar and harmonica. Uh, Dowdy is a retired Wichita firefighter who was honored by the Wichita City Council in 2008 for his role in saving the life of Wichita County police officer who was shot in the line of duty. Those was who also, would make peaceful revolution yeah. impossible, yeah. make violent revolution inevitable. inevitable. Yeah. Yep. Uh, he was also one of the first rescuers on the scene of the 1998 explosion of the uh, the DeBruce Grain Elevator south of Wichita, which killed seven and injured ten employees. Dowdy was lifted to the top of the damaged elevator and helped remove four people who had suffered serious burns. Uh, in July, he's a fucking hero. Yeah, in July, Whipple proposed uh, proposed and shepherded a city ordinance that required protective face coverings to be worn in most public settings in an attempt to prevent and spread uh, the coronavirus that has caused the COVID-19 pandemic. The ordinance is extremely unpopular with a segment of Wichita society, which showed up in force September 8th at a city council meeting. 120 people spoke for seven hours in opposition to the mask mandate. So this guy has, like, this, this righteous mm-hmm. rage burning mm-hmm. inside of him yep this guy who legitimately cares about individuals who legitimately cares about human life and and freedom and all the things that we're supposed to be able to expect from life he yep. has this righteous rage burning in him because of how badly people are being stomped on by fucking petty local tyrants mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yep i mean like Good people are pissed, and more good people are getting pissed every fucking day. I don't know what they expect to have. This shit is going to keep accelerating and happening more often. I mean, I, yeah. I fully expected to see a few more Marvin E. Myers happen here within the next probably oh, yeah. couple of months. It's it's just going to keep accelerating, keeping so. I mean, you mm-hmm. know, and the thing is, like I said, it, John F. Kennedy, ironically, to be honest. Uh, with my opinion of Kennedy, but John F. Kennedy famously said, "Those who would make peaceful revolution impossible make violent revolution inevitable." If you, if people have the belief that they have a voice to form policy, and then they voice it, and then your response is to ignore all of them and go, right. "No, no, 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 you don't know what's best for you. I know what's best for you." Right. Yep. And then do something anyway. Yeah. You are guaranteeing that they will feel powerless, and people who feel powerless will figure out a way to take to back their power. power. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. That's exactly what I was going to say. When you make people feel hopeless, like there's no fucking recourse for them within your system. They will move outside of your fucking system. I was just going to bring up, uh, I want to say it was a line from the Hunger Games movies where President Snow said, the only thing more powerful than fear is hope. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and if you start taking away hope, then the fear doesn't matter anymore. Right. Yep. Yeah. And this guy, this guy couldn't see his mom because yeah. of the, the COVID lockdowns and COVID restrictions. Like, I mean, I'm sure she's not a young woman. Right. If you get to this point, if you get to a point where the only things that matter to you, you can't have happen because of a single individual and their dictates. 
because of one person. Look at the history of Europe, right? Which is which is rife with the history of single people making decisions because right of, because of all because the monarchies. So many, yeah, monarchies. Look at what happened to most of those monarchs. Look at what kept happening. <laughs> Where are they now? Like what yeah. happened to those? They're end government. of bloodlines. Yeah. That yeah, was yes. the motto. Yeah. End the, bloodlines. My my, end bloodlines. my hoodie on the back says end bloodlines, and it's got right. a American World War One trench knife embedded in a skull, and it says end bloodlines. The bottom line is that is what happened. You yeah. when you take away any hope to be able to operate in a peaceful way outside of what you're dictating and still get what you truly love and value, you make it inevitable that people will find a way to violently act outside yeah. of yeah. what you value, you know, of what your dictates are for what they value. It simply will happen. Because violence gonna... is always the final option. If you take right. away all their other mm -hmm. options, that's all they're fucking left with. Yep. Yeah, yep. and I mean, you know, when I always tell people, like, you, you need to understand, only psychopaths, only psychopaths think that violence is not the final option, right? right? Most people will do everything, even in combat, statistically, 65 to 70% of soldiers will miss every single time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because they don't actually want to kill someone they just want to scare them to make them stop. That's all they want. Yeah. Just, just stop. Yeah. That's all they want. So most human beings psychologically are are completely fucking unprepared and unwilling to hurt other people. And Except what, as an absolute last resort. Absolute last resort. You have no alternative. Yeah. So the fact that this is starting to pick up, that this is now the second article in what two weeks that we've had about somebody plotting to do something to somebody mm -hmm. in power. What this should tell people... <laughs> and people wonder... Have, yeah, people is that wonder people why... people feel backed into a corner. People wonder yes. why the Boogaloo movement exists. Exactly. Yeah. It's, you've yep. pushed people to a point where they no longer have a peaceful option. They no longer have the choice to go, well, I, I don't... I mean, I don't want to hurt anybody. I just... I just want... You know, I want I you to stop hurting me, though. Yeah, I don't exactly. Want I want you to stop getting in my way. I want stop hurting me. I mean, they, right. they they put up Trump and Biden. Yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I mean, you don't, you expect don't expect all of these, like, no, all of these things that. become acts of self-defense. Like they mm -hmm. legitimately become acts of self-defense, and that is where most people draw their violence line. Is it self-defense? That's where you've crossed their violence line. And, and there's no other alternative. Right. And even yep. now, even now, look at the big boy movement. No one wants to start it. No one wants to kick off. We just want to be prepared. Right. For when yeah, inevitably it, the hard enough push happens that someone pushes back. Yeah. And that's it's one, it's it's just like what my dad always told me when I was a kid. Look, don't you ever go out looking for a fight don't you ever go out there and start the fight right. but if somebody else starts one with you don't be afraid to fucking end it i tell my boys that all the time yeah all the time there's don't a you wonderful dare start a fight but if somebody starts one with you fucking end it and end it quick 
Yeah, there's there's a wonderful quote um, that I actually have on a T-shirt, ironically, um, that says, I, make no mistake, I absolutely prefer peace, but I know who my enemy is. He is a man who hates me. He hates what I stand for. He hates who I am. And I do not want to fight even with him. But if he is looking for a fight, yeah. I will give him one and make yeah. no mistake it will be his last one. Right. Yep. And that is where people have been pushed. Brandenburg v. Ohio. 1969. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right, <laughs> on that note, on a less than you know, somber I, note. Real, real quick, I would like to add that I am extremely proud of Andrew and I for being the entire reason that you have to preface every episode since January. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I, I picked it up. I picked it up doing a, a Vanu podcast. Yeah. Uh-oh. Did he yep. freeze? Well, maybe. I hope not. Oh, <laughs> I, I, I remember doing the Vanu podcast with Shane when we did the uh, the defense um, defense of the faux state podcast that I was part of, which was kind of very, very early in my days of podcasting. And that was exactly one of the things like he prefaced with was, Understand Brandenburg v. Ohio. <laughs> before we started, because I was on there for one, and I was gonna not hold back. Right. So, oh. All right, I gotta get going. Let's do our plugs. All right, so we're, we're gonna do our plugs because yeah, we're still yeah. recording. Jason, Jason is frozen. Yeah. Uh, so buy my book. Jason will have the link in the description. Read the fucking description of my book first, and then yes, yeah, it is a workbook. Yes. Read his book. Think for yeah. yourself. I even have a copy. Not for me, but I I have and a copy. And have you have you actually read it? <laughs> yes. I have okay. gone through it. I actually I you know, I actually went through it with Lindsay um because she I, I had a logic one oh one and Aristotelian logic class in high school because I went to a private Christian school, which mm -hmm. really embraced the idea of thinking. Um yeah. I know that might shock people, but it's true. Uh yeah. so um, yeah, I, I went through that and so I had that class and then I saw the book and I encouraged Lindsay to grab it because she didn't really have a lot of the ideas of syllogism and, and critical thinking for her. she ordered it. We've worked through a bunch of it. She's asked me a few questions, but it's definitely changed a lot of the way that she thinks about things. And I've, I've noticed that cool, pretty extremely uh, that it has definitely worked for her. So it's not like adults can't benefit from it. That's she right. definitely did. She's definitely an adult, obviously. So right. she, uh, yeah, and she benefited from it because she didn't have any grounding at all. Right. But it's, it's not very long because I worked very hard to keep it concise and conversational well, for it kids. It was written for your kids. Yeah, it was written for my kids as a homeschool lesson plan. And it's just supposed to be the basic introduction to the the foundational principles of Aristotelian logic right. and argumentation. So, so yes, that, that will definitely be linked in the description. Yeah, buy my book and then check out Road to Autonomy magazine. Yes. Um, Jackie is working her ass off to put that out every month. Yes. And it's getting really good. It is really good. I'm reading it. I'm enjoying it a massive amount. It is, it is yeah. interesting. I find it incredibly good. Or dharma her name's dharma but i call her jackie because that's her yeah. facebook yeah yeah yeah, yeah. for sure right. also 
don't forget to check out thebeardstruggle.com and use the link in the description to get uh, the 15% off or use code inkedanarchist15, inkedanarchist15, all run together uh, to get 15% off of your order. Their products are friggin' amazing. My beard is lovely and soft and smells phenomenal. And even when I have to wear a mask, I'll tell you what, I can smell it in the mask, which is at least nice. I gotta wear it. I, I gotta wear my mask at work, right? Like I, I don't have a choice. It's if I want employment there, I gotta wear one. So I do, and at least I get to smell apples and cinnamon and oud wood, right? From Odin's virtue scent, and it's nice. I really want some of their mask, uh, their their uh, beard mask. Unfortunately, it's been out of stock for a while, but hopefully it's coming back, and that's gonna be super cool. But it's awesome if you have a beard. You deserve your beard deserves some love, man. <laughs> It gets you love too. You all know it. You know it. Skip does. ad. Skip ad. Skip ad. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Pop and patches. Yes. <laughs> Pop and patches. Another one of our sponsors. He Dave does amazing freaking work, man. It's so good. It's so great. His art is fantastic, and his patches are awesome. I think every one of us owns one. Chris is wearing one right now. The Boogaloo Shark, which is glow-in-the-dark, by the way, which I did not realize until it was glowing in my bedroom. I'm kind of freaking out momentarily. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like the fucking SpongeBob toy in Jason's yes. toy box. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. it, uh, it was a little weird. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's great work. It's highly detailed. It's really well made. Unlike a lot of uh, PVC patches that I've gotten that have any white in them, they like to fade real fast. His don't. So they're really, really well made. Um, they're absolutely fantastic. He has tons of Boogaloo patches. He has tons of other patches. Um, he has the, the Trump Space Force patch uh, that I gave away previously on the show. He's got the Joe Jorgensen patches that I've given away. He's even got the, the Biden as uh, Herbert the Pervert from Family Guy. <laughs> that's, a good look, that's a good looking patch, too. Oh yeah, and it's it's hilarious. Like he's got all these patches; they're freaking great. He's absolutely amazing. The quality is amazing, oh, and I cannot thank him enough for even having anything to do with us because it's not like we're super professional or anything. But... <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? The most professional podcast yeah. on the yeah, yeah. He's so... freaking amazing. Definitely. Yes. Hey, but it's our viewership is going up, so maybe people are tired of shows that are too professional. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Uh, but if you get a chance, buy one of his patches, man. If you want a morale patch, like you could do a lot worse and a lot yeah. lame than popping patches for buy, sure. Buy the wood chipper patch and then the proceeds that get donated to save the children. Save our I got children. One. Save our children. No, it's, it's, yeah. Save the, the children other. is the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation organization. Save our children. Save our children, which is an anti-pedophilia, child trafficking right. uh, thing. They've actually, they do work in like uh, Southeast Asia. They do work in Africa. They're okay. freaking amazing. They're they're yeah. super cool. Um, well, well, yeah. proceeds, proceeds from that patch go to that. Yeah. And definitely, lastly, check out me and Chris's page, Facebook page. The last redacted uh, page that exists on Facebook, I think. I think we might be the last one. The sole one survivor. Of one two. There yeah. might be two or three, but I, I, we're like right on top of the heat. I, and you know what? And the funny thing is, is all of our side quest memes are still up. Like I've double checked. They're all <laughs> still there. 
Like, you can't <laughs> repost them. If you try, Facebook will block you, but the originals are still there. The so. Boogaloo side quest memes were great. Oh, really yeah. enjoy those. And we had tons and tons, and they are still there. Uh, they still exist. So our page still exists. It's Inked Anarchist Hootenanny Roundup. Because it's for the great Hootenanny. It's yeah. also, linked, also linked in the description. Yep. I gotta go. <laughs> All right, guys. On that note, this has been episode 110. Uh, Anarchy Monk from Johnson Discussion, and we'll catch you on the next one. Peace. Peace. Peace.